You're listening to Car Free Midwest. We're a podcast based in Omaha, Nebraska, exploring the stories, barriers, and joys of getting around without a car. Our goal is to build a community around more transportation equity and less car dependency. I'm Sarah Johnson. And I'm Joshua LeBure. And, and this, this is, car is Car Free, free Midwest. 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 Sarah, how are you? Uh, I'm all right. I am trying to kind of get ready for a trip up to St. Paul. We're leaving tomorrow to kind of scope out neighborhoods for a potential relocation. So I'm trying to get excited about that. Nice. We're going to St. Paul in two weeks. uh, A, to shoot a short film. Cool. Uh, B, to also scope out neighborhoods and maybe look at some apartments over there for a potential move. Uh, That's so wild. I feel like so many people I know are like actually moving. Instead of just talking about it, they're like actually doing it. Like Naomi, one of my dearest buddies, she's packing up and heading out of state uh, Thursday, maybe Friday now. But yeah, people are leaving. It's too bad. But it's also really good for everyone who is leaving because sanity is important (laughs) and difficult to maintain when you're fighting for good in Omaha. Seems too painful. (laughs) Yeah, I think one of the big catalysts was just, you know, the historic uh, Supreme Court you know, moments Uh and knowing that you're living in a state that is hostile and supports all of the horrible things that the Supreme court is doing. It makes it Mm -hmm. feel less excited about living there. That's exactly it because yes, exactly it. I am at a point in my life where like, I don't, I still don't physically feel great. I actually just found out I've got one, if not two hip surgeries in my future. Shoot me now. That's not funny to joke about. I'm really having a hard time with that, to be completely honest. But um, the the point is, even if I'm not riding and walking all the time, like being in a community where those values align, it's just like, oh, I could just choose to move somewhere else. And I've never had that privilege before either. I've always worked, you know, check to check. Or when I had the shop, I was always scrambling. Like it was always, everything was different in that sense. And this is the first time I've ever felt like I'm kind of in between, I don't know, just a weird turning point. And I'm like, you know what? I think part of this turning point involves getting a new perspective. And, you know, nothing says I'll never come back to Omaha. You know, I'm still from here. Of course, that'll never change my folks are here. I've got a ton of really great friends here and family, but it's just, it feels like it's time for something different. And life is short. (laughs) If this pandemic has taught us anything, uh, plans are funny. You never know what's going to happen. And life's short. Got to make the most of it while you still can. And I feel like, feel like, yeah, it's, it's bittersweet for sure. Leaving your hometown. I mean, I've obviously lived in Colorado and even Lincoln. Um, but yeah, it just feels like it's time for something different. Yeah. I feel that. It was really hard leaving Denver for me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I bet. Uh, I was texting with my buddy, Anna, um, Anna Schwinn. Maybe you've heard of Schwinn bikes. Um, Mm -hmm the other day and she's like she lives in minneapolis so she's like yes totally move up here oh my gosh and i i should find the exact text but basically she's like you can be up here and you don't have to be capital the capital a advocate like there are other professionals (laughs) doing this work like it's not all gonna fall on like you and two other people or something you don't have to start a thing 
And I just, yeah. I almost like cried. I was like, oh, that's so nice. Cause I'm so tired and freaking old and broken at this point, <laughs> like physically <laughs> and emotionally, I feel like from Omaha. Uh, but yeah, I think just something that's a little bit more, yeah, just something different. I'll say the other thing too, is that part of it for me is also we bought a house here and I've just realized I'm not a house person. Like I've lived in apartments my whole adult life. And like, I don't like my, like any of my like identity having to revolve around going to home Depot and like building stuff. And like, I'm just not that person. And I'm, you know, I've always felt like I should be that person, but now I'm just realizing, you know what? I'm okay with not being that person. I like on a Saturday, I like to clean my house for like an hour, clean my apartment do some laundry and then like ride my bike to the coffee shop and sit down and read for a couple hours. <laughs> that does I miss sound that. delightful. I miss that life. I miss it. So part of, uh, whenever Lauren was like, you know what, let's move. Cause really it was kind of her, uh, that brought us here and like keeping us here. And when she said that, I was like, cool, this is like an opportunity to like not own a house anymore. <laughs> yeah. Good. I'm excited for you. I'm excited for all of us trying to do yeah. the things that will make us happy. Good for us. High five. Anyway, I wasn't sure I was even going to share that we were moving yet, but I know it's feeling, it's feeling yeah. pretty, it's feeling pretty eminent, but I think more the podcast will keep going on. We'll still be in the yeah. Midwest and we'll still be doing car free stuff. And yeah, totally. You know, and actually speaking of, um, I reached out to a buddy of mine at the hub co-op, the bike co-op in uh, Minneapolis. And she says that there might be a few of them that want to come on. So keep your, ears peeled for that conversation. And um, then also, yeah, I think the other thing that we've kind of talked about, um, and well, I was, I will say, speak for myself, I was super uh, depressed the last time we were talking because like Roe had just fallen. Anyway, there was a lot going on. But the exciting thing is the America Walks grant. So I just kind of want to touch on that a little bit. We have been interviewing some folks about their interactions with sidewalk infrastructure super sexy topic. Um, but it's really been interesting. And it's actually, I think today, uh, we're recording on July 26th. I think today is like the um, 32 year anniversary of the ADA becoming law um, and the American Disabilities Act, uh, which requires things like curb cuts and accessibility features in any new project. And we were just talking with a couple of wheelchair users and it's just shocking to me that it's been 32 years and we still aren't seeing justice around accessibility. It's pathetic. But um, if you aren't familiar with the ADA and what that means and how hard folks had to fight to even get it to be a thing, uh, do a little research, open your eyes to some accessibility issues, and then figure out how you can help make it better. Because when things are accessible, it benefits everybody. That was one of the things that you know we've talked about before and um, in one of our most recent interviews for the Sidewalk Stories Project, um, a wheelchair user said exactly that. Like, it helps people with baby strollers. It helps people if they're on bikes. It helps, of course, people with mobility aids, but it's just better for everybody. So just wanted to say something about that and uh, encourage everyone to kind of get more familiar with what that means and what your privilege looks like if you are able-bodied, temporarily able-bodied. I also got that little term from a disability advocate that we've chatted with before. So yeah, there's a lot of um, good stuff still happening with that. We are going to be still interviewing more folks. Um, we have a few interviews set up and then we are going to just be walking around um, as my hip allows, uh, trying to find other folks to talk to about how sidewalk infrastructure and maintenance and you know 
a nice piece of pavement actually really does affect their day-to-day lives. I was just looking, uh, if you look up, uh, you know, Nebraska is consistently on like number 49th, number 48th on like least bike-friendly places to live. Yeah. And like, as soon as I just like Googled most bike-friendly cities in the U.S. and it's like Mm -hmm. Portland, Minneapolis, Boulder, Mm -hmm. St. Paul. (laughs) So the Twin Cities are like here in the top 10s over and over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It really is. But back to the, but back to the sidewalk stories. I mean, this project has been really cool so far just hearing them you know, just the different responses and thinking about sidewalks as like a mode of transportation. And I think that it, you know, we talk about it here a lot, but a a lot of it's just providing, you know, like the basic cities. Yeah. I mean, it's just like providing like people the ability. And even if with, you know, I talked about even with like the, the rulers, like own language of like productivity and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. It's like if you want a more productive society, make it accessible so people can get yep. to work and get to places and they can go buy stuff because you're a capitalist and that's what you care about. You know, like <laughs> people should be able to get to the store to buy stuff, you know. Um, yeah. And so even with their own language and their own standards, they're failing. Uh, and that happens over and over again, especially with the right wing. I mean, it's they're consistently like make no sense, like their political ideology and theorizing like is always contradictory but not in like a dialectical sense but in like a like in an actual like contradictory like this makes no sense sense (laughs) unfortunately that is true uh as much as it doesn't make sense what we also are liking to point out is cities that are doing it right where it does make sense and they've recognized that sidewalks are important transportation corridors and should be treated as such. Um, I think we've talked about this before, even on the pod, but um, Kansas City is actually recognizing sidewalks as transportation and maintaining them. So, you know, like our streets, the city of Omaha plows our streets, but it's on the homeowner to shovel your sidewalks. Um, And that doesn't always happen. And so accessibility, particularly in the winter, is something that could be greatly impacted in a positive way, if the city would take over maintenance of sidewalks in Omaha. Um, We're we're a long ways from that. But again, part of the the concept with the sidewalk stories is to produce the series of short stories with folks that are actually impacted by the successes and failures of Omaha sidewalks um, to try to humanize it and make policy makers understand the importance of a thoughtful and (laughs) well-maintained network. Yeah, you laugh I'm at sorry, thoughtful I just because up, thoughtful and no, policymakers. I, oh, okay. Well, the other, I mean, kind of, but I was also just like Googled while you were talking, just trying to look like what cities recognize transportation as or sidewalks as transportation. Yeah, and then like the this first article that pops up, it, it it's just like in cities such as Minneapolis, St. Paul. <laughs> to tell you what, man, it's a sign. We're going. We're heading north. Not surprising. That's the thing is like, again, back to the values. Like, what does a community value? The people. Oh, how nice. It's going to reflect that in ways like making sure that there is access to opportunities with like, you know, non-car dependent ways of moving around. Someday, yeah, the, Omaha. This, just this article that, yeah, this article that passed up was from Access Magazine. And the title is Vibrant Sidewalks in the United States Reintegrating Walking in a Quintessential and a quintessential social realm. 
that's just it. So like it's I mean, it's good for your health. It's social health and physical health, mental health, like when it is not a chore to walk someplace, when it is pleasant, you know, and this is what I don't I think he has five different things that sidewalk should be. But when we talk to Jeff Speck, um, comfortable, useful, safe, all those things, interesting, like, yeah, it is it is something that is just an afterthought. And I think that's something that for me anyway, these conversations that we've been having, that's what's been kind of interesting is when you point blank ask someone, what's your relationship with the sidewalk? They're like, what? And then when you start like kind of teasing it out a little bit, it's like, oh yeah, actually this does affect like literally my everyday life. So it's just something the the humble sidewalk really can be impactful. So um, a lot of times with mode shift, we talk about shift your thinking. And so this is just us attempting to shift Omaha's thinking when it comes to sidewalks. Well, this is bringing up a really interesting thing too, is like, because the reason why it brings up St. Paul and Detroit and all these cities is because they have the skyways, you know, they have like the, the covered walkways. So you can get from building to building, from your workplace, from the parking garage front to like maybe a restaurant for lunch, you know, without having to like go outside onto like the gnarly sidewalks. I've never even thought about that as like a part of being uh, accessibility, but it really is. Mm-hmm. I've never even thought about it like that. I always just thought about it like, Oh, people don't want to be cold. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but really this is, this could be like, a, that's like a transformative way to be able to like access a whole downtown area. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, the first time I encountered those like hamster tube skywalk things uh, was in downtown Minneapolis. I was up there. I used to go up a bunch for Frostbike when QBP would invite folks up. And yeah, I was just like, wow, you don't have to be cold. And like you're saying, yeah, they're beautifully maintained because they are out of the elements. And so it really does add uh, a level of access for a lot of folks. Yeah, the Des Moines has some too, which is pretty cool. Hmm, never thought about it before. Look at me. I'm just Googling stuff and learning things over here. Really just shifting your thinking. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh. Here's another Bloomberg article. The high cost of bad sidewalks. That's real. I mean, it is a cost savings when it comes down to it because how much administration comes from... So uh, it's a Tuesday. There's a city council meeting today. There's something about like weed cutting and like litter pickup on their agenda because they find people right now. Same thing happens with sidewalks. If your sidewalk, you know, say a tree is growing in your hell strip, that's a whole nother conversation. What do you call the piece of grass between the street and the sidewalk? Yard sample, hell strip. Anyway, so say you have a tree growing there in whatever you want to call that piece of grass and it buckles your sidewalk in front of your house, whether you own the house or rent the house, whatever. You are in charge, the landowner uh, is in charge of fixing that. And if you, I mean, a lot of people don't know that. I mean, part of it is just there's like no resources around learning about that. Um, But yeah, it's expensive. And then they have to fine you, call you, get in touch with you, try, you know, like it's just so much administration that could be saved. And really just, again, above all else, why don't we not worry about the freaking penny for a second and just worry about how it impacts humanity? That's not (laughs) Omaha's strong suit. Um, So that's why sometimes I try to come at it from like a money perspective, like, Stothert's about to present her budget today at two. Uh, it'll be interesting because budgets are a values document. And so we aren't seeing shit about sidewalks, I would imagine, in the budget. I'll be in, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I hope she's gonna be like, this budget, which, ooh, you know what else I just realized? She's going to have to talk about the bike lane, the pilot project on Harney Street, because last year she said, Oh, well, we're not gonna fund it yet because the pilot's not 
done. Well, guess what? Now the pilot's almost done. So this is going to be the budget where she should say, it was a huge success. We are so excited. We are going to fund a network. And here's $10 million set aside in the CIP for constructing these projects. But I'm not holding my breath. <laughs> it's going to, like I, I was telling you. going to say, it was a huge success, but we're not going to fund it because we need to give <sighs> Mutual of Omaha some more All our money. Uh, tax breaks. <laughs> yeah. And we need to, we need to, oh God. Yeah. That whole library, Mutual of Omaha streetcar debacle is a whole nother thing. There is a whole supplemental agenda, all library related also happening. So it's going to be a wild meeting. I'm not going. It makes me like viscerally like i have a physical like feeling in my body and i like actually start shaking when i watch city council meetings even from home so i'm absolutely not going down there but i probably will tune in because i am curious and a glutton for punishment apparently well you know aren't we all old habits die hard (laughs) now if whenever you move out of town if you're still tuning into omaha city council meetings then we'll have to have a talk intervention yeah that's reasonable (laughs) yeah i'm already like snooping around like trying to figure out what i am going to think about saint paul's government but cross that bridge when we come to it yeah i have no idea honestly better than minneapolis as far as the mayor anyway goes (laughs) yeah yeah that's actually part of the reason we're looking at saint paul and not minneapolis is because i feel better about the saint paul mayor than the minneapolis mayor oh okay i'm a freak i know it's upsetting i don't know I mean, that's part of the reason, you know, it was weird coming from a city that was like progressively or a state that was like progressively getting more and more progressive. And, you know, like as far as like the politicians and stuff goes, obviously, like there's a lot of problems with Denver, especially with, you know, the houseless population, especially with gentrification, especially with fracking and stuff like that. Um, But, you know, in a lot of other ways, like it was becoming a more and more progressive city and stuff like that. And, uh, and certain things like obviously like the legalization of weed and psilocybin mushrooms and, uh, you know, decriminalizing that stuff. And then, you know, it was like weird being in a city that's like that to being in one that I feel like is constantly regressing uh, going. Yeah. Regressing. (laughs) Like, honestly, like I really feel like it's kind of going backwards here, uh, Mm -hmm. in a strange way. And, I agree. Um, maybe getting worse with this new crop of like governors that are running. Oof. Um, obviously there will probably be another Gene Stothard, uh, um, term as far as mayor goes. Yeah. She's already announced and, that she well privately that she's running again, which would be a fourth term. If y'all let that yeah. happen, I swear. And any type of progress <sighs> that the city council has made because we have such a mayor, driven city you know she yes, can kind of veto mayor. like anything mm-hmm. um so even and if they're you not run even for pushing city council back. well, well yeah our, that's the our, other thing our city council is doing a piss poor job i'll just say that i'm sorry they're not standing up for the people i actually did get an email back from pete the other day i was like yo dog what's the list with the climate action plan I haven't heard anything world's on fire also what about the bike lanes that plays into the same conversation and he's like yeah i really haven't been hearing anything either and i'm like your job is to help fucking push the conversation in that direction excuse my language Ugh. It, it's just no one's doing it everyone's like got you know the next little ladder rung to crawl up on their attempt at world domination so they can't ruffle any feathers or do the right thing here because it might prevent them from getting the next seat that they're shooting for it just disgusts me all these systems are so broken and stupid i'm pissed 
becomes more yeah, and more well, absurd, you know, like trying to inter- interface with these. It's just like, wow, I don't even want to interface with this. I don't even want to try because I think all these systems are just disasters. And that's just what we've been used to. And so we've, what we've been told that this is how we have to do whatever, but it's clearly not working. <sighs> See, I mean, what I'm trying to, what I was kind of trying to get at too, though, is like, even though our city council is not great right now, even if it was great, like how much could really get done? If the mayor well, kind of just veto almost anything. <laughs> if they had a majority, a super majority, if they had five people that would get on the same page about doing better for the city of Omaha, they could be impactful. But they will not, and they do not, and so we do not. It there sucks. And after, I mean, frankly, just watching how the charter convention went down and how basically the mayor had it happen a year early because she wanted to get her stuff figured out as far as like so that she can live in St. Louis, basically. that's I don't know if you followed much of that, but like she – proposed being able to be out of Omaha for up to nine days and retain her power. At least the charter convention said, "Mm, how about five? But that's a significant amount of time to just, she's kind of an egomaniac and she doesn't want to actually relinquish any power or status, despite the fact that she goes to St. Louis to visit her new husband who still lives down there. So they're basically, she's bouncing back and forth and wants to just never have to say that she's not the mayor. It's troubling. (laughs) Interesting. Maybe I'll run for city council f- for Omaha from St. Paul then. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I mean, I lived there for three years. Come on, give me... Aren't I a resident now? <laughs> Don't I deserve the power? Well, or like, you know, you could be- become a department head because there aren't any apparently residency requirements there. Like, you know, planning director, public works director, both running for and or on the city council in other cities. Like, it's just bonkers. It's just bonkers. I don't like it. Well, what else should we touch on before we head out? This has been our even more so shitting on Omaha episode. (laughs) I know. I feel bad about it because I really don't want to be such a downer, but it's like I am out of positive things to say really about this town. I will say, you know, Mode Shift's still doing their like walk with us events. That's cool. Um, There are some people on Twitter that are trying to rally the troops to get folks down to City Hall. The budget... Um, which again is a values document. If you live in Omaha and you want to say pretty much anything in front of the city council, your opportunity will be at 6.30 p.m. on August 16th. That's when the budget hearing is, the public testimony portion. And you can say, here is this random thing I believe in, like sidewalk connectivity and sidewalks as transportation. And I believe we should have our budget reflect those priorities. And I would like to see X amount of dollars. You don't even have to come up with a a number. You can just go down there and say, these are my values. And as a citizen of Omaha or as a resident of Omaha, I don't even like the citizen word sometimes. Um, this is what I believe in. This is what I feel we should be putting some of our money to. And this is what I think should change. Um, rarely does it make a difference, but it is cathartic sometimes. I used to go down there and just like read them the right act and be like, here's my feelings. Um, so If you're looking for some positive way to get involved and try to impact something, find other folks that are interested in the same stuff you are. I I hope, I don't know if ModeShift will be organizing um, any sort of budget hearing uh, event, but I hope they do. I will say that there's a lot of incredible people here doing really amazing work and I'll be here for a while. Uh, You know, probably almost a year we'll be here still doing doing the stuff, making lots of films. I have a lot of films in the pipeline that are Omaha specific and 
we'll be doing that work still. So totally. And support the organizations that are doing the work because they always need help. I mean, anyone who's been involved in advocacy knows there's never enough hands or brains. Um, so, you know, Bike Walk Nebraska is a statewide org, Mode Shift Omaha, trying to do stuff with transportation at an Omaha specific level. Um, but we also are grateful to those of you who are listening from outside of Omaha. Uh, so I would encourage you to do the same thing wherever you are. Find an organization that is doing the work that you think is powerful and help them however you can, whether it's donation or volunteering or just subscribing to their stuff on social media. Every little bit helps. So kind of feels like a time in history where like it is an all hands on deck situation kind of everywhere. So also be kind to yourself. That's something that I'm trying to like get through my thick skull is like, it's okay if you have to take a break. And even if that break is longer than what you think you wanted it to be, that's where I'm at. I'm like, why am I still on a break? Why is my body still revolting? You know what? Plans are funny. Be nice to yourself. Get involved where and how you can (sighs) and rest. Rest is okay too. And that is it for this episode of Car Free Midwest. We're here almost every other week with interviews, topics, and documentary pieces covering all things transportation. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Car Free Midwest, or visit us at carfreemidwest.com. So subscribe now to Car Free Midwest wherever you listen to podcasts, and support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash carfreemidwest. This podcast has been produced by me, Joshua LeBure, with support from Mode Shift Omaha, modeshiftomaha.org. And this is our sign-off. Good day. It is kind of a good day. You can't tell me what to do.